0: Hello, and welcome back to the Daily Study of the Way of Mastery. I'm Jason Amoroso, your host, guide, and uh, really looking forward to our time. Today is going to be awesome. We continue with Lesson 3, The Power of Forgiveness. Section 7, Healing, Exercise, uh, Paragraphs. But all these paragraphs are literally like a line, 1 through 7. Here we go. Jeshua says, Turn your awareness from what you think is causing the disturbance and remember the first axiom. I am the source of my experience. I am feeling disturbed. What is it in me that needs to be healed? Begin to breathe deeply and rhythmically. Let the body soften and relax and ask, what is it within this person's energy That is really causing my reaction. So it's not necessarily what's even happening or what they're doing or what they're saying. It's not what Jeshua says at all. He's saying, what is it within their energy that is causing my reaction? And I'll give an example in a minute, but let's keep going. You'll see it right away, he says. Oh, they're so critical. Criticism pushes my buttons. Then... Ask yourself, when have I done that to another? Where have I been critical of others? And it might hit you right away. Well, I'm being critical of them because they're being critical of me. Or memories will come back, distasteful memories if you're judging them. Let them come back. Continue to breathe and relax. Look upon that energy of being critical. Honor it. Love it for it is a creation. It is your creations coming back to you that you might embrace them and transform them. Just stay with it. Look at it. Ah, being critical. Yes, I can sure be critical. I've been that way in the past. I know that energy very well. So this is such a important little paragraph here when memories come back in this process. And again, just like listening to this and being like, oh, this is a nice exercise. I'll get to it someday. It's nice. It's not going to help. It's not going to transform. Like make the time for yourself to do this. Maybe it's after you listen to this or maybe, well, yeah, I guess once I'm done reading it, pause the recording or stop the recording or listen to it again and do the exercise. So when you're upset at anyone, remember the first axiom, sit and breathe deeply and rhythmically. Let the body soften and relax and ask, what's within this person's energy causing my reaction? And if memories come back and there's like tinge to them, like you feel the judgment in them, he says, continue to breathe and relax. Let them come up. Remember, always looking innocently because everything is neutral. It's us who gives it the the value or the judgment. And he says, look upon that energy being critical, the energy, and honor it and love it for it's a creation. So energy is creation. Our thoughts and emotions are creative energy. And he says, it's your creations coming back to you. So these memories that come up are coming back to you in order to be healed, that you choose again, that you embrace the energy, the memory, and you transform it. He says, just stay with it. You don't have to judge it. You don't have to be like, ah, judge yourself for judging it. Why is that? I thought I healed that. Why is that coming back again? He says, just stay with it and look at it. And again, with this like neutral perspective, he says, ah, being critical. Yes, I can sure be critical. So we're not like, why am I critical? I should be like what I think Jesus was, like loving all the time. He's not saying that. He's just saying, notice that energy. Oh, I can be critical. I've been that way in the past. I know that energy very well. So it's looking at it with neutrality, with innocence, maybe curiosity. And then in paragraph six, he says, Look upon a scene in your memory in which you have been the one being critical. Look upon it with deep honesty and sincerity and say to yourself, I forgive me for being critical. I forgive my judgment of myself. I choose to teach only love. So there's the projection. We're turning it inward and looking at how we are the one being critical. When someone who's critical triggers us, oh, where is that inside of me? With deep honesty and sincerity, I forgive me for being critical. I forgive me for being uncaring or cold or greedy or whatever it is. I forgive my judgment of myself. And I choose to teach only love. And we'll, we'll hear later from Jeshua that teaching is just being, to demonstrate love, Through being love. That's what he means by teaching. It doesn't mean you're out on the corner with your soapbox talking about it to other people or making a course to teach people. It's like being love is teaching love. And in paragraph seven, Jeshua says, watch that image, meaning the memory that comes up, dissolve and disappear from your mind. Bring your awareness back to the present moment and that person that just pushed your button. Again, you do not need to say anything to them at all, although you might. But within yourself, forgive them for allowing the energy of being critical to temporarily make a home in their mind. And merely ask the Holy Spirit to replace your perception with the truth. Ask to see the innocent light within them. It's always an inside job inside of us, so... I can use an example, and so my one of my my brother, who's passed, and we have a close enough relationship now, especially since he's passed, where um, I've asked for permission, and he's given me permission to share this, uh, and it's really about me, right? Like all of our judgments are about us. It's not the other person, but because we judge others so easily, and we don't even realize it's about us. We're like, oh, if he, you know, if I'm talking about my brother and his cheapness, I'm worried that you might judge him for being cheap, but it's really me. So my brother was frugal, to say the least, when he was here. Um, my experience, my judgment was that he was cheap and that he wouldn't. He would let other people spend their money and then he would like ride on their coattails um he just wouldn't spend money he would find ways to either get like always find a deal or not invest in himself in things that he wanted to do because it cost too much money or delay joy like let's say like he i'm just making up an example because i can't think of one on the spot like let's say he was like oh my god that car let's just uh, make one up like that bmw is beautiful like it's just a work of art like that would be so much fun to drive but it's too much money so i'm gonna get the honda civic and i drove that was my first car honda civic but it's so basic right and that's fine there's room for all of it and the issue is not like oh he didn't have the money like he had the money he made good money he just didn't want to spend it because it felt like he was losing something he was giving it away, but he didn't see that he was in in not spending it in these ways. And that doesn't mean you just spend it like without any regard. It was that it was a, it was from an energy of like lack. And I get it. And I have that in me. And that's why I would judge him so much. And I would be like, ah, it would make me so angry when I would experience and project like experience him as being cheap, especially like. Not like, oh, go out to a fancy dinner and spend $300. Like, not that, but around like investing himself or like, oh, I really want this, but I'm just going to spend less to save my money for some unforeseen day. And, you know, part of his journey was he died at 45. In his 44th year, he got cancer or was diagnosed with cancer. And in his 45th year, he died. So, like, and he died with a decent amount of money saved up. Like a, a lot of money to some people, so like what was he saving all that for? Like he delayed joy, he delayed like investing in himself for what? So when I would get triggered and judge him, and sometimes like so hard, like really viscerally in my body, like I I'm applying this to me, and I've done a lot of work around this, and there's still that, and I would just go, it's it. Like to the root, it's this misunderstanding, this limiting belief of lack. It's like really focused on the external world, that there's not enough and that I need to save mine and I need to get mine and make sure I take care of me first and like and safety. Right. I like the more money I've got saved up, the more secure, like when is enough is enough. And, and as from my very first job where I was coming out of law school, with like six figures of debt, and I worked for a sports team. So when you work for a sports team at the lowest level, you make nothing. And all my peers are making six figures coming out of law school, like coming out with so much debt and making nothing. And then as I've gradually over my career and I've gotten more experience and skill. I've earned more money. I have more value to offer. As I've made more money, there's still this part inside of me that's like it's never enough. It's not, it doesn't drive my life, but I can see it in there. Like I'm I can see now with neutrality and with innocence. It's a it's because it's the ego part. It's the ego part that identifies like you're I'm the body. And I got to survive. And what do I need to survive? And you can never have enough savings. And you can never have enough of this. So it's like that part of me it is in there. And then it just becomes a question of like, how much energy do I want to give it? How much do I want to get caught up in that? And over the years, I've done a lot of healing work, meaning loving myself and seeing that and seeing how much pain buying into that line of energy, that belief around lack and limitation has caused me. In the decisions that I've made. In my own self-respect. And so healing is embracing that. As Jeshua's was saying. Like looking at that thought. That creative energy. And honoring it. And loving it. For it is a creation. It's a creation coming back to me. That I might embrace it and transform it. So all of our earthly experiences. We we. I, I I think it's it's in part a conditioning that we're taught. Like we have this idea we don't we don't come we, we don't we're not raised as a kid being like you're in school here this is Earth School, and you're here to learn and you learn through it being hard you learn from it being uncomfortable you learn through the challenges you learn through the losses you learn through, like those uncomfortable feelings of not being good enough like that's part of it. Because in truth, you are whole, you are infinite, you are powerful. Now, when we're identifying with the small self-ego separation belief, that doesn't even make any sense. It's like, no, nope, that's definitely not my experience here on earth. So if we grew up, if our kids grow up with this idea that we're – so, and through meditation and spiritual practices and being in nature, like we connect to that truth, the simple truth that we are more than a body. And we can have experiences through revelation breathwork where we experience ourselves beyond a body. We can experience our expansive spirit being so that we're like, oh, I'm not just here to survive. I'm so much more. And I'm having this experience for however many years that I'm here to learn and to grow. And I'm not afraid of when I'm not here anymore. So imagine growing up with that and seeing all of our challenges from that lens. But we grow up in this world where it's so externally focused, and we're taught to fear death, to survive. And companies have an ag like companies have a, a not an agenda, maybe consciously, but like to keep us in lack, to keep us believing these things. There's a lot. There is a lot of like agenda and benefit to. Lower consciousness to keep us believing this, because we're that's the rat race. We're on this treadmill, and it's not the rat race of like the nine to five and like work just to survive. It's the rat race of like being on that treadmill of always of thinking your body, of being in survival mode all the time because you do things that are not aligned with your heart. It keeps you in that mode, always searching, always spending or not spending on things that trying to fill you up or keep you safe when we're always safe and we're here to expand and to create. And so the challenge, like, so so we're taught, like, have, like, we're trying to get more comfortable in life. Everything's around, like, comfort, safety and security. Very first chakra, root chakra. And so we get messages that we need to, like, dedicate our whole life to being comfortable, safety and secure. And if we don't have that, something's wrong and we're at risk. And it can dominate people's entire experience. And I feel like that's a lot of the judgments that I had against my brother, which is really comes from my own fear and insecurity around not being secure and safe. And so instead of always seeking comfort and to get out of discomfort, which so many of us do, Jeshua is inviting us to lean into the discomfort, to lean into the judgments and to look at them and to love them as your creation, reminding you that nothing comes into your experience without your consent in a way. And that's Okay. So, not to be like, well, why would I create this? Like, I'm judging myself for creating that, or something's wrong with me. Like, clearly, if I'm experiencing like financial struggles, like I'm not doing it right. No, but that's what either we're taught or we believe. And we've all been there. I think, well, not maybe we all haven't. I've been there where like you're I'm struggling financially and I'm making it that I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough. But it's not about that. Those times can be such Potent teachers to see through the illusion of lack of the body, of a consciousness, a way of understanding and knowing ourselves and reframing ourselves. Because so many people have been in, in poverty of like financial situation, but their consciousness, their belief in themselves is not that and those people have had incredible success stories where they've become millionaires and billionaires and it's not about the money it's about their their mindset their thinking their belief that cre that that brought them from one physical place to another physical place but it happens inside it's an inside game and then there's also millionaires and billionaires who have lack consciousness who are so cheap who think money is the source of their existence and worthiness and safety so again just to share the contrast like either one is not true but again we're taught to just look at the surface look at the people with money Oh, look at people with money they xyz or look at poor people people without money they're xyz and we make big generalizations each person's curriculum is different so, anyways, there's a long wow. This is 17 minutes our longest one yet. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So to bring it back, do this healing exercise. Go back, listen to the instructions again. Hopefully, you have the book, and you can just look at this page and do the exercise for five minutes. See what comes up, and then with honesty and sincerity and love, you know, say say to yourself, "I forgive me for being critical. I forgive my judgments of myself. I choose to teach only love." And then feel the image, the memory, the judgment disappearing from your mind and coming back to this moment. And merely ask the Holy Spirit to replace your perception with the truth. Ask to see the innocent light within. So that's our opportunity. That's our homework for today. And again, just doing it like anything, doing it one time is not going to develop mastery or even competency. Like if you... Uh, I don't know, play the piano for one day in like a beginner's lesson book. You can get through it. That doesn't mean you know how to play the piano or you're a master at it. This stuff is about mastery and it can take years. So don't judge yourself if you're like, oh, I'm not doing it every day. Do the best that you can. And in my experience, the more that I do it, the more that I see the difference. And then that actually inspires me and motivates me to keep going. It's like when you work out and like, you work out, and I know I'm going on, you work out. Maybe for a couple months or three months, and you're like, nothing seems to be happening. And then all of a sudden, you might be like, oh, you look in your mirror one day, are like, there's a little bit of a tricep muscle there. I didn't know that was happening. And then you're like, crap, I wanna keep growing, I wanna keep working out. Like, I wanna see how much bigger I can get that. And it inspires you to more. And that's the same in my experience, the same with spiritual practices. Like, sometimes nothing seems to be happening, and but you just, you're committed, or I'm committed, so I just keep going because I have faith. And then at some point, I'm like, oh, Look at that! I didn't get triggered when that person did that. Normally, that triggers me. Ooh, maybe this, maybe we're onto something here. Let's keep going and see see how much we can go and grow. All right, I love you guys. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. If you get value from this, like, subscribe, share, um, send me an email with your thoughts, comments. If you're even listening, hello at revelationbreathwork.com. And a shout out to my man Steve in California who reached out. Uh, one of the few people who's been like, hey, man, I, I am listening and I'm enjoying this very much. So, Steve, shout out to you. Really just acknowledge you. You're on your healing journey. Uh, your email inspired me. And uh, and shout out to everyone else. There's been a few you know, people who haven't emailed me but have said, hey, I'm listening to your podcast and it's making a difference. So uh, that's an honor and a joy. And I love you guys. And we'll see you next time.